Hello and welcome to Theater 5 from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Theater 5 presents Annie is Watching. See the moon behind the tall buildings and the city down below, white, gleaming, like a beach with the tide gone out. It's so quiet, you can almost hear the clicking of the traffic control boxes and the buzzing of the neon signs. Where am I? I'm in your office. Yours during the daytime, I mean. At night, it belongs to someone else. Night World people on Night World Business. Night people come after you've gone home. Down in the basement, the lockers clang, and then the elevators, humming, thumping, clanking, rise to your floor. Lights snap on again, doors fly open, and your office lives its second nighttime life. Or did you think it just sat there waiting for you to come in tomorrow morning, hmm? <laughs> Listen. Swish, slither, and slop. The brush, the pail, and the mop. Clean dust, empty your leavings, pick up the papers you've dropped, and finger your work curiously. Yes, the same work you'll begin again tomorrow morning. Who knows who touched it during the night? They did. And listen, they're talking about you. You're being rated according to their nighttime standards. Oh, they know all about you. Maybe too much about you. From touching your pictures, reading your papers, putting together the pieces of daytime life you leave behind you. And you leave a lot in that office. They know you. But you'll never know them. The scrub bucket army. The men and women of the cleaning armies. You who work in these offices by day. And they who work in them at night. Are two independent tides that never rip or cross or meet. So don't say my office anymore. How can it be your office when they're in it every night? Helga? Oh, Helga. Don't creep up on me like that. I thought, I thought you was the supervisor. Well, if I was, you'd be in trouble. Look, you shouldn't play the man's radio. You'll run down the battery. Let him put in a new one. <laughs> It'll quit on him someday when he's listening to a ball game instead of working. He'll wonder why. And he'll think of everything but me. <laughs> oh, I like to bug the character in this office, Annie. You know what I do? Look, I play switchover with the stuff on his desk. What he has on the right side, I move to the left and vice versa. I can see him in the morning wondering, did I or didn't I put that there? <laughs> Someday he'll go out of his executive mind. Well, that's not nice. Nice? You should know what a friend of mine did in one of her offices where the fellow was superstitious. He wound up in the hospital with a breakdown. Well, I don't try to worry my people. Your people? Annie, they don't know you exist. Uh, I wish they did. 
You know, I got nice people in my offices. I try to imagine all about them. That's a good part of this job. You do more than imagine. I've seen you going through the desk drawers. Helga. Oh, that's good. Leave the radio off. What'd you find tonight? Here. A handkerchief. Mm-hmm. Call that perfume? Throw it away. Well, I found it in Mr. Maynard's office. So? Mr. Maynard's wife would never wear such cheap perfume. How do you know? Oh. Mrs. Maynard, that's your crush, your dream girl. That's the one in the picture you keep buying flowers for. I just make sure that the flowers in the vase next to the picture are always fresh. And you buy new ones when they're not. Annie, who in the world do you think notices? I notice. Maybe she does. Well, what's the matter with you tonight? Uh, I don't know. I'm all mixed up. What is this handkerchief doing in Mr. Maynard's office? I know it's not his wife's. Three guesses. Oh, you've got an evil mind. How long have you been cleaning offices? Since my Steve died. Five years. Long enough. What happened, you seen? Oh, not Mr. Maynard. With a wife like that, why should he be carrying on? How do you know? Did you ever meet her or her husband? Oh, I can tell you from her picture. If only I could help her in her hour of trouble. Help her win back her husband from, from that other woman. If, if I could see her and, and talk. Oh, Annie, I know you've got good intentions. I know you've kind feelings. There's a mush of kind feelings right where your brain should be. Or you'd know enough to leave this alone. These are daytime people. You do what you want to in their offices at night. But you don't meet them on their ground. That's trouble. No, I, I, I gotta do something. I, I won't sleep tomorrow morning thinking what a beast her husband is. Mrs. Maynard, my, my poor little... So good, so sweet, so kind. How could he? How could he expect me to believe a story like that, Mother? Well, he did. Oh, I gave him the sweet wifey bit. It doesn't matter if you can't call me from the convention, Ed, as long as you're thinking of me. Oh, if he thinks of me, it's while he's waiting for some little... No, Mother, there is nothing wrong with me, but there's plenty wrong with him. I know when a man's too polite to be true, when he looks straight at you and doesn't really see you. Ed's been playing around on me for years. Someday I'll catch up with him and I'll hurt him the way he's hurt me. Uh, Mrs. Maynard. What is it? Uh, a letter for you. Uh, just a second, Mother. Mother, Ed'll be home in a few days. Of course, he doesn't say where he is right now. A postmark? Any friend could mail a letter for him from the right place. I'm what? But that's quite a thing to say to your own daughter. Good night, Mother. Did you want anything else, Mrs. Maynard? What are you doing here listening to my private conversation? Out! Go on, out! You're slow as mud tonight. Oh, my knees just killing me. Well, hurry up. Soon you get through, the sooner you're home. Oh, what's home? Eat, sleep, get up, all alone. Nothing there at home. I hope there's not too much mess next door, not with my knees. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean... Uh, excuse me, Mr. Maynard. So 
I came looking for you. Oh, Helga, how was I supposed to know? The office was dark. I, I didn't think anybody was in there. Well, you've done it now. I've done it, but he's the one in there with a woman and right in front of his wife's picture. Picture, picture, I'll give you the picture. I suppose he got a good look at it. I don't know, I think so. Well, then you're out of a job. But, but then what'll I do? I, I never worked at a regular job. Mm. I don't suppose your husband made you a wealthy widow. Uh, Steve didn't believe in insurance. Same old story. Yeah, but, but how will I live? Mr. Maynard, he's the one who did wrong, not me. It isn't fair. Never is. Oh, look, help me think of something, Helga. I'll do whatever you say, only help me. I, I can't lose my job. Oh, all right, listen. Yeah. Tomorrow night, you come in early and meet me at the Maynard office. It must be in his address book, huh? He's been through his desk before, don't you know? Stay with me. Oh, I can. Too much work downstairs. Good luck. Oh. oh, here it is. Here it is. Mrs. Gloria Maynard, 2742 Sheffield Avenue. Phone... Chester 318. Is that an eight for sure? Oh, I guess so. No, no, I really. Drop that. Oh. Now put it back and close that drawer. Yeah. Now let's see who you are. Annie. Aren't you Annie Ostroff? Uh, Ostrovich, Mr. Vincent. I, I'm Annie Ostrovich. I can't believe it. Five years with us, a good worker. And you look like an honest woman, too. I'd have never believed it if I hadn't caught you stealing. Stealing? Why would I steal an address book? Who knows what else you took before I caught you? And you know our rule, never handle personal property in the offices you clean. That address book is reason enough to fire you. <laughs> then I'm fired? I hope you have some other way of making a living, Annie Ostrovich, because you won't get another job with any maintenance firm in this whole country. And that's a promise. I shouldn't have listened to you, Helga. If I hadn't done what you said, if I hadn't gone in there, if that supervisor hadn't caught me, I could still have my job. You can still get it back. Why'd you think I asked you to get Mrs. Maynard's address in the first place? It's insurance. Look, you were bound to get fired sooner or later because her husband would be gunning for you. So now you're fired, so now you call her. I, I can't. Poor sweet lady, I, I can't hurt her by telling her about her husband. Don't call her. Go and see her. See her? Do it now. Help yourself and help her at the same time. Oh, she does need help, heaven knows. I wish you'd take your coat off, Mrs. Ostrovich. Oh, no, no, I'm fine. Please, won't you call me Annie? Everybody does. But what was it you wanted to see me about, Annie? It's hard to start. You see... I work in the same building as your husband. Only I work night times. He's one of my people. I mean, his office is one of the offices I clean. I see. And I've been looking at your picture on his desk, and you're every bit as pretty. Well, I think it's a shame when a man doesn't respect a lovely wife like you enough so that right in front of her picture, he, he goes there with a woman. And what you know with a woman? 
I walked in there night before last and the light wasn't on and how was I to know they were in there until I saw her? Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know how to tell you. Oh, please, don't be sick. Don't faint. I, I'm sorry. You're absolutely sure of what you saw? I saw, and he knows it, and now I'm fired, and I can't get another job, and I'm blacklisted, and I got, I got to live somehow, so if you just help me get my job back, otherwise I'd never come to bother you. But I'm glad you came, Annie. Oh, Mrs. Maynard, you're, you're just wonderful. If someone had told me what I told you about your husband, I, I'd blow up in a million pieces, but you don't even look angry at me for telling you. I'm not angry. I'm very grateful to you for your interest. Oh. And I'll see that you get your job back. Trust me. Oh, I will. I will. Is this your address and phone? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Annie. You'll be hearing from me. That's me. Welcome home. Ah, you can do better than that, dollface. But wait till I tell you my news. Something you've done? Something we're going to do, thanks to a certain sales quota I topped on the last day of the convention. Remember that trip to Scandinavia we were talking about? Mm-hmm. Well, how does uh, first class, deluxe, and right now sound to you? Well, I'm glad the bank book picked up so much padding, Ed, but... Uh... No, I think Scandinavia is out. Why? I have another use for the money. You want a coat or something? Something, but more expensive. How much more expensive? Whatever the traffic will bear, I think. What is it? A settlement and or alimony. Lots of alimony. What was that? Did you think I was so stupid that I'd never find out? Oh, Ed, I knew all along. And I'd wonder, who was it? Was she a so-called friend of mine and was everyone laughing at me because I didn't know? That's what I'd wonder, and it hurt. Wait, wait. wait. Are you accusing me of running around with one of your friends? No, no, not since I found out that you confine yourself to casual pickups in the office. Who says I do? You've gone to a lot of conventions, Ed. Which ones were real? Did you sneak away to appointments in your office after all of them? Nice, dark, deserted building. Just the two of you. And who except a cleaning woman, a scrub woman, to open that locked door and break up the party? But this time she did, didn't she? This time I have a witness. I have proof. Is that her story? She came to me. She stood here in this room. Some twisted old maid full of poison. A poor, simple woman. Desperate because you had her fired. I've got you, Ed. I've got you with a witness and proof. Hmm. But you didn't really need them, huh? Because you were sure all along, Gloria. You've been sure for years. Don't you want any details? Names? Places? Please, I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me. Good. Because I can't tell you, Gloria. There's been nothing. And nobody. The way... The way you, you pushed me, I sometimes wondered if I hadn't been guilty and willfully blotted it out of my mind, but... No. Believe me, no. Annie saw you. Does Annie know my face? 
Well, of course. She recognized me right away, too. There's a picture of you on my desk. Is there a picture of me anywhere in my office? How do I know? There isn't. So now let's examine your proof. The cleaning woman who does my office every night saw a man and a woman in there. A man. But not me. Who, then? I think I know. A friend. Someone... Someone out of a job. I gave him my key so he could use my office. But not for this. Not, not for this. Who is he? I'm not going to tell you. Can you take my word that it wasn't me? I... I want to... But I can't. Uh, where's Annie? Where, uh, the cleaning woman's number. Is this it? You call her? Yeah. Let her come right over here on her broom. Let her tell you I'm not the man she saw in the office. Are, are you bluffing? Try me. Ed, hang up. No. Hang up, please. Now you'll never be really sure. I think I am. Let, let, let's talk. Let's really talk to each other. It's been a long time since we did that. My fault. But let's try. All right, to tear up what's-her-name's phone number? Annie. You're absolutely sure you don't want me to call her over here? Last chance. Goodbye, Annie. Goodbye. Well, that was a tight one. But Annie got out of it, didn't she? Ed saw that she got her job back, too. He and Gloria? Oh, still married. In fact, as Annie said to Helga the other day... They must be going to Scandinavia. Yet the woman who does the office now found some travel folders under the blotter. Yeah, funny Mrs. Maine had never called you back. Nah. I figure he confessed and... She forgave him. Now they're going on a second honeymoon. <laughs> I feel just like Cupid. Would you do it again? You mean try to help? Mm, yes, I would. But what are we here for if it isn't to help out wherever we can? <laughs> Watch out. Annie has a new career. Advice to the lovelorn. Doctor of sick marriages. Hmm? <laughs> Think of her. Think of them all. The ones like Helga, who play little nerve-wracking games. Little sanity-testing games. And the ones like Annie, who want to share your problems. Think of them rummaging in your office tonight. Have you left anything there you'd rather not have them see? Hmm? Too late now. Sleep well, if you can. Theater 5 has presented Annie is Watching, written by Phyllis Cole, Produced and directed by Ted Bell. In the cast, Bryna Rayburn, Arlene Walker, June Graham, Kenneth Harvey, and Arthur Cole. Audio engineers, Marty Folia and Neil Pulse. Sound technician, Ed Blaney. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. 
Original music by Alexander Vlastotsenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. Executive producer for Theater 5, Mr. Lee Bowman. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. This is Fred Foy speaking. This has been an ABC Radio Network production.